Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. You need to think of yourself as an app that needs regular updates. And if you want to be a killer app, you need to keep working. In this edition of the GRC Professional Podcast, we speak to Carolyn Hansen, who is our immediate past president of the GRCI, as well as the Lifetime Member Award winner for 2018. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional and the GRC Professional Online. And with me, I have our immediate past president, Carolyn Hansen. Thank you for being with us today. That's a pleasure. Hello, Kwame, and hello, members. So... You've been the president for the past three years, the GRCI, um, and you've been on the board a bit longer than that. Um, what has been your experience being president? What has it meant to you, really? Well, it's been a huge opportunity to meet lots and lots of compliance professionals, both here in Australia and further afield through the International Federation of Compliance Officers. I've always been passionate about the professionalisation of compliance and being able to help shape something through being on the board has been a massive opportunity for me. I've valued being members of similar groups in other countries when you get to network and hear about what other people are thinking in a more or a less formal organised way. And the board has worked really, really hard to stabilise the institute and it's been great to be part of that activity. And of course you also got the Lifetime Member Award. (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, Does that sort of mean anything significant? I mean, what is the next step from here? Um, How will they use that? It means a lot to me and I'm going to treasure it. Um, It's always gratifying to be acknowledged, but especially so by your peers. I truly appreciate it. It was unexpected, so it's lovely to have that. Um, Obviously, we nominated for it and then people vote on the board for it as well. So I'd just like to say thanks to everybody who nominated and supported that. Um, I know that it's been a tough year for the Institute I hope I've done well in, in guiding the institute, institute through those tough times and to be recognised through the Lifetime Member is just fantastic. And one of the things that you pushed was the professionalisation of compliance um, and that is one of the big conversations that sort of came up at their event um, last week, well a couple of weeks ago. And I think the question we were trying to figure out is how do we achieve this goal? How do we make compliance into a profession? So what was your thinking behind this concept? So I think as a board in our strategic session when we revisited the mission and vision, we were trying to get back to our core roots. And actually a number of people at the conference just recently said to me that they were really appreciative of the fact that we've gone back to our knitting We refined the vision and mission, Um, we had some new board members on board, but we've also got some continuity of membership through the board as well. And I I think through the new vision and mission, it's given us a real focus that we can hook onto, and also something we can use with our PR, with regulators and other organisations. I think compliance people don't always get a good rap, but our time is coming, and we need to be ready for that time. Uh, We need to be ready to lead, to be thought leaders, we need to be ready to be brave and I think the vision and mission has really given us that sort of banner to stand behind. So I hope other people feel the same way about it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people did sort of agree with that concept and people were really motivated by it. Um, But of course there are so many different concepts and ideas being discussed at the conference. I mean, was there anything that came, sort of stuck out to you particularly? Yeah, I think there were a 
number of thought leadership type of topics. I mean, the regulatory panel for me was always is always interesting. Was very interesting this time around. I think for the first time we had six regulators on the panel together. They all stuck to their time, which was very compliant mm. of them. Um, but there was there were definitely themes or threads throughout the six mini presentations and one of those themes was that of partnership with business and I think the regulators are looking much more at that public-private sector interaction. There's no doubt we're in a period of interesting times but also another thing that did come through from I think pretty much all of the regulators there was the concept of professionalism and particularly from Sean Carmody from APRA uh, the, the concept that effective organisational risk management is key to ensuring good governance and he also mentioned that coming forward the banking executives accountability regime will impact another 140 institutions next year. I think we all need to just really do a little bit of self-awareness or self-consideration around what does it mean to be a professional and where's our ethics and integrity. So that was one of the themes that came through for me. And I guess it was the first time I'd also heard them mentioned since last year, the culture reviews, which is something yes. the institutions should be aware of. Um, and Delia Rickard, I mean, I mirrored my sentiments. She said, compliance, your time has come. Because compliance is no longer just a cost of doing business. And I think we need to step back and look at things from that treating customers fairly, treating consumers fairly. And again, there was a constant message of what's the impact on consumers, not just about looking at your own compliance structure and risk management from an internal perspective, but how is that actually customer-centric? How is it positive to the customer? Right, right. Um, when I was talking to Stephen Ferguson, our new president, um, earlier this week, um, you know, we were sort of talking about, you know, how the Royal Commission would be this galvanizing effect, or hopefully should be a galvanizing effect, sort of get organizations to take compliance seriously. But of course, literally, I think just that afternoon, the very next day, we had James Shipton then presenting, saying that, you know, organizations are actually taking a very long time to actually acknowledge all these different issues that have been exposed. Um, so is there some concern that maybe it's just lip service to compliance still? Possibly a little. Yeah. I, I do think the Royal Commission, and I did say this at the workshop we had last week, the Royal Commission is backward looking, so it's looking at case studies that some of them are over 10 years old. And I'm not trying to use that as an excuse, the, the behaviour occurred. And I think some organisations do take a long time. Culture is a really difficult thing to change. And a lot has been talked about the tone at the top. But I think we need to, and this has come up in other conferences, look at the mood in the middle. Because often at the very top of an organisation, there is a very strong culture. But in the middle, it's where the sort of middle management are not necessarily fully carrying down that messaging through. I think the Royal Commission, we're going to see a knee-jerk reaction. The pendulum is swung in a different direction now. And we're going to see an increase in compliance and risk resourcing. And that worries me a little bit because it's going to have an impact on the job market for sure in Sydney, probably Melbourne in particular. But I'm not sure we're getting the right people in the right roles. So even when APRA commented in the report on CBA that they were under-resourced in the compliance function, I don't think it's a numbers game. I don't think it's throwing hundreds of people at culture and conduct. It's, it's changing hearts and mind, minds. We're also seeing a lot of consultants that are capitalising on this. 
with conflicting views and different models and you know, various different engagements that are, are underway. And that's a bit of a concern as well, because I think organisations really need to do some soul searching and look inside, not necessarily look to an external organisation to help them with their own cultural conduct. But we'll see. It, it'll be an interesting time for sure. I'm glad you mentioned consultants because in conversation earlier this year with Elizabeth Sheedy from Macquarie University who has the risk culture assessment, she also made a similar comment saying that you have all these consultants who are saying that we have this tool to help you change the culture in organisation, but where is the material proof that it will be sustainable change? Um, well, coming to the end of the interview really, I mean, but and you've already touched on some of the trends that sort of worry you anything else that you think should be of concern? I suppose that one about subject matter expertise and qualifications worries me especially in the financial crime compliance area I've seen that there are a lot of people who have been put in roles that have very little no experience in a particular area and they've never really seen what good looks like so you can bring a consultant in they can tell you this is the model but they've got no real idea of where they're heading or what an international benchmark would look like they're working really really hard and they're trying really hard but i i don't know that they've got the right skill set and i think you know with applications that come into us as the grci for awards the thing that the panel the award panel looks at is that people are sending in things that they're rightly very proud of but actually what they've achieved is only what you'd expect as business as usual. It's not groundbreaking. So people need to be conscious of where they are on the spectrum, where they want to get to, and the fact that it is a never-ending process. Yes, definitely. And of course, we've also seen, you mentioned financial crime compliance. I know Austrack released their annual report this week, which basically said more people are reporting. And yep. I think the big penalties that we've seen recently have had... Yeah, you know, but it's a shame that we impact. need a big penalty to make people do things, but yeah, it, it yeah. does tend to concentrate the mind of boards in particular. Yeah, I, I guess the worry then is, is is it going to be sustainable? Does, do we, are we going to have a spike in reporting because we've had a big penalty and then we don't have penalties for a while Correct. and the reporting drops? Um, and come to the final question, really. Um, you know, we'd like to give a bit of advice to our members. So what advice do you have for risk and compliance professionals? Always got lots of advice. Keep up your membership. Um, get involved. We do get a bit of moaning ninnies coming along saying that you know, we're not providing what you want. Don't be a sponge. Come to events and discussion groups and contribute. Don't just come and listen. Be brave. I think um, you know, we all have to eat, but when you're out there in the world, you do need to really kind of think about your self-awareness sometimes. But I think the biggest thing I'd say to people is that remember that today, by the time any university student graduates with their degree, the majority of everything they've learned during that course is obsolete. So you need to be a continuing learner. You need to be a perpetual learner, even if it means you have to spend some of your own time and resources on that learning. This is too important to leave in the hands of other people like your employer. And you need to think of yourself as an app that needs regular updates. And if you want to be a killer app, you need to keep learning. Everything's changing really rapidly, and if you don't change as well, sadly you may find yourself redundant or in a difficult situation. So think about tangents, be aware of your skills and abilities, make sure that you're applicable in the current context and possibly outside of your own role. Focus on um, different roles and routes to your own goal, and keep paying that GLCI membership. All right, well thank you very much, Carolyn, for your time. 
Thank you for listening to the GRC Professional Podcast. This podcast was produced by the GRC Institute and the original music was composed by Rob Neary.